0: This is episode 26 Doing Death Differently with Yasmin Trelope. Welcome to the Wellness Project Podcast with Claire O'Bade. I'm a life and wellness coach, yoga teacher, EFT practitioner, and meditation guide. And most importantly, I'm a mama. And I'm here to support you to free your mind, fuel your body, and feed your soul as we journey into the project of your own wellness. From meditation, yoga, spirituality and health, to well-being, mindset, conscious living and conscious parenting, I dive into it all. Featuring moments of contemplation mixed with inspired action and handy takeaways, you will feel inspired and motivated, ready to cultivate new habits, rituals and tools for your wellness journey. With many meditation sessions to support you in cultivating inner stillness, connection and clarity and special co-hosted episodes and interviews to answer your questions. The Wellness Project Podcast has you covered. Welcome, guys. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with Yasmin today and sharing it with you because it is a really different and exciting conversation to be having. Yasmin Trelope is the founder of Rite of Passage Funerals and Rite of Passage Funerals pretty much is talking about doing death differently. It is all about creating an enlightened funeral experience which is coming to the Gold Coast really soon in April of this year 2018. So Yasmin is somebody that I've been connected with for years. In our past lives when we were back in the beauty world. She was a beauty editor and I worked in public relations and marketing. Yasmin was always a beacon of positivity and love and light and just a beautiful, incredible soul and somebody I feel so very blessed to have maintained a friendship with for all these years. But here we are in 2018 and Yasmin has gone through her own journey that has brought her to this incredible realization about death, And now a passion and a mission to bring death out of the shadows and into the light and to empower families to reclaim control of the dying process and organize funerals filled with ceremony ritual meaning and intention all things that I am passionate about and you know as death is one of the final frontiers, as Yasmin talks about. I think this is a really powerful conversation and one that we definitely want to bring into the limelight a little bit more. We talk about birth, we talk about transformation and rebirth, we talk about you know intentional living and conscious living, soulful living, but why don't we talk about death? So that's what Yasmin and I are here to do today. So I'm really excited to share with you what Yasmin is doing in the world, to share with you her incredible new business, but mostly to talk to you about death So I hope this conversation isn't too uncomfortable for you. We've tried to be as delicate and sensitive to it as possible, but also to really make you feel empowered and perhaps even excited to some degree about what that transition point might mean. So here it is. Here's my conversation with Yasmin. Welcome, Yasmin. I'm so excited to be having this really incredibly unusual and Eye opening and heart opening conversation with you today. Thank you so much for making the time. No worries, it's so good to be here. So, Yaz, beautiful, beautiful woman that is a very dear friend of mine. You have had multiple roles and careers and experiences in your life. You've gone from beauty editor, worked in all sorts of different mediums, to becoming a full time mummer, and now to a funeral director, for want of a better word. (laughs) so tell me how did you end up here because here right now Um, is pretty wild it's it
1: is wild and it's so crazy but then when I explain the story and take the step back or when I kind of think about it too it's actually not as crazy as it sounds and that's why I feel like this is really my purpose is because it all makes sense when I think about it but when you kind of say it it seems a little bit disjointed but I think probably where this phase of my life began and where this story kind of starts is probably around 2011 where I quit my job as editor of Print and went traveling around with my then boyfriend now husband um, and kind of started on a freelance career and it was in that time before that I'd only ever really done beauty so beauty writing and, and worked across magazines and did some tv stuff and all different things. And in 2011, when we were traveling, it was really when I started to delve deeper into more kind of health and wellness and happiness and spirituality and use that time of traveling to really start um, I guess limiting my fears or at least trying to address my fears. I'd always been quite a fearful person growing up and it was really then that I started to realize how much my fears were gripping me and taking hold. So I was trying to work on freeing myself of these fears and, um, you know, looking at all the limiting self-beliefs and and all the stuff that kind of we accumulate over lifetimes. Um, it all kind of started to shift for me in 2011, and then we came home from that trip, which was amazing. We lived overseas and, and saw lots of wonderful places. And I continued with my freelance career, and it was really—I um, I built it up to be what I believe to be a successful business. It was great, it was fun, but I just didn't feel like it was my true calling. I kind of fell into it and fell into beauty. The, the health stuff and the wellness stuff was definitely more natural to me, but the The whole thing, I I knew while it was great, and I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity, it just wasn't really fulfilling me in as much way that I knew that I could get out of my work. Um, So then I had a baby, kept working, and then um, had another baby, my beautiful second son, and decided I needed a break. Now during this time Alex my husband and I also had this big grand vision we were going to move to America we we bought a commercial property over there and we were going to start a business in the in the food industry we would worked towards this plan for five years um, in order for it to kind of be as stress-free as possible financially, and, and we wanted to have our boys in Australia. And then last year, we sold absolutely every single thing that we owned pretty much except for the uh, a few clothes that we really loved and, and the full essentials, and we packed up our boys and we went to America. And uh, we moved there and we sold our house and everything. We got there and it was so exciting because for five years we've been working towards this plan. And we got there and the plan didn't feel right anymore. And we kind of looked at each other and thought, oh, my gosh, this is so crazy. Like we've, we've moved to Asheville, which is this gorgeous little town in North Carolina, and but now we're here. When we put the plan into to place, we had we weren't parents yet. We didn't have kids, and when we got there, we kind of we were looking at it from a different perspective, and we really didn't want to raise our children um, around. You know, there were just certain things. We're Australians, and not that I, I mean, I love America and I love Americans, but for us as a family, it just didn't feel right anymore. Mm. So we came to a crossroad, and it was a really intense period for both of us because. Um, What we'd been working towards for so long was no longer and I had to really reassess everything. So we ended up having a great seven-month holiday and uh, the boys went to a beautiful Montessori school over there and Alex and I had time to go hiking and do lots of meditation and it was in that space and in that time that I really, for the first time ever, had the time and the space to just sit and really think about what it is that I wanted to do and and. I had all the options because I had no options, but I, in in having no options, you also have so many options. Um, it came to me, I was reading an article about people's perceptions of death. And I was re- as I was reading this article, it was honestly like a lightning bolt had hit me. It's the craziest, I still remember that moment. And it was in that moment that I realized, hang on, the perception that we have of death in Australia, largely the perception we have the, in the mainstream is one that is shrouded in secrecy and it's totally disempowering. Your loved ones are taken away from you almost immediately after they die and and the families aren't really involved in the process and in doing so that can really hold to their grieving um, because they're just not processing or given the opportunity to process in a way that's natural. Um And so as I started to explore this concept more, I realized that I had an amazing opportunity in front of me and that was to create a a business, I guess, um, that really changed the way, hopefully changed the way people view death and to bring it out of the shadows and into the light and really – empower families to take back control of the dying process and educate them about all the amazing end of life and funeral options that there are. Um, And so
0: that's how I got here. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine that moment when you read the article and I love that you've woven this story about purpose. You know, this is not just obviously a conversation about this new incredible venture that you're embarking on and it will bring you to the world and mm. note to everybody listening that launches on 16th of April 2018 but that you were talking about how this idea has landed for you and it has tapped into your sole purpose which is just incredible because there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to say why are you embarking in an industry about death you know this is pretty mm-hmm. wild but I love that it's, this has come to you and you've been able to feel into how important it is to take death out of the shadows and into the light. And I, I really agree with you. I can really agree that, you know, birth and especially being pregnant at the moment and bringing new life into the world is is such an, you know, it is the moment, right, for this incredible mm-hmm. soul as they mm-hmm. as they become earthside. But then there is also the moment when this soul returns to the other yeah. side, right? And, yes, there are all this, this family that's left behind and, we don't deal with that properly, do we?
1: No, I don't. And I also think, in saying that, that you—you you are right. People are like, "Oh my gosh, it's how this is really intense. Like, how are you going to deal with death?" And and it is intense. But I also feel like through me having to confront the inevitability of death. I've had to do that. I've had to work on that over and over again over the last few months in order for me to show up and do what I want to do for the families that I'm hopefully going to be helping. um, In order for me to do that, I have to be completely comfortable with death within myself. And as a mum, that is so hard. As you would know, the, the our biggest fear as parents is thinking that something's going to happen to me or something's going to happen to our children. And so even the mere thought of that, it's like sends moms and dads too, but it's like retreating back into the safe space. Like Hmm. you can't even go there. But for me, in order to do that, I I am likely going to be helping families who have lost children. So I have to be okay with that in myself and so I've really had to work on that over the last few months. But what I found is that by confronting the inevitability of death and showing up and, and becoming okay with this cycle of life, I have actually, and learning I have no control over it, I've actually been able to let go of so many other aspects of my life that I Tried tried to control, and so I am actually finding that through confronting death and through looking at it through a different lens, it's actually making me live a better life because I'm living. And so, as long as you're here on Earth and you're living, then you have the ability to use death as your teacher, or the inevitability of death as your teacher, so that you can live a more passionate, fulfilled, meaningful life. So, I want to try and change people's perceptions of death so that they don't look at it as like the end or or the sad morbid kind of darkness that it's traditionally viewed at but I want I want to teach people to look at death and go how can I use this knowledge how can I use the amazing teacher of death to live more fully while you're living
0: Mm, yes I love that it's so powerful and so beautiful it's reminded me of one of my spiritual teachers Belinda Davidson she has frequently and publicly said before and I actually resonate with this because I've done the same that she thinks about and contemplates her own death frequently and the, the first time I heard it I remember thinking wow okay that's a bit dark but then I stopped and realized no how many times have you actually been at a funeral and then come home and reflected on how it would be to witness your own funeral or to Mm -hmm. experience death and to wonder what that process is like, the crossing over, and to be able to reconnect with your family from a more spiritual plane. You know, all these sort of elements kind of come through for me. But I love that you've Uh clearly said in confronting death, that's led to a better life because death can be your teacher to really embrace this experience. I think that's just really profound and quite... Uh, wow, it's like a really big shift, isn't it, to, to see that it, the end-of-life point is not so terrifying. It's actually a gift. It's totally a gift. And, and if, you can,
1: if you can let go of all of the negative energy and the fear that we carry around with us around death and realize that it's completely out of our control. So let's use the knowledge that we have and, and use the fact, yeah, it's an inevitability, we're all going to die. That's one thing that's going to touch all of us. We don't know when. We don't know where our story starts and where it ends. We don't know that. So let's just know that one day it's going to happen. But how can we use that to live more fully? And when we when we do go to a funeral, that's why also with rite of passage funerals, my my funerals will be centered around ritual and ceremony and making it a way for all of those present to really learn something to walk away feeling uplifted and hopeful obviously it's sad it's never not going to be sad of course it's sad but to recognize that to allow people to openly grieve in their own way and feel safe to do so Mm. but a funeral can be a really transformational experience if we allow it to be and that's really the essence of what I want to create I want to create events as well as a, a mindset around this but the events the kind of the tangible things the funeral services where people can understand hey and they can walk away feeling hang on this has just happened and and how does this relate to me as you were saying you know you go to a funeral and it does make you contemplate your own death and that's why death is such a great teacher because when you're touched by it then you realize it makes you look on your own life and
0: what can you do and and you suddenly it becomes real. Mm, So true you know I was also thinking just then as you're talking through that that Belinda's also mentioned before in the past that it really should only take three to six months to complete the grieving process and I remember Mm -hmm. hearing that and thinking well that's obviously you can't put a limit or a time frame on anybody and how they grieve but when she broke it down she was explaining that when we are really attuned to the beauty and the glory that death is because it's actually just the death of this physical body and we're returning back into our soul's home when we're really attuned to that and we're able to stay in this beautiful high vibrational space as we support our family and friends crossing over we go through Mm -hmm. the natural cycle of grief whatever that is, but then it doesn't have this drawn-out, lingered process, this traumatic, painful experience because we come to the peace point much faster because we have this deep understanding and connection to what death really is. So I just want to ask you if we could go back a step or two because there's so many things you've said in there I want to touch on. You've gone through your own experience recently in facing death and and coming to terms with that. So for those listening, I want to ask you two things. How do you now feel about death? Like if you had to summarize it. And how could you support somebody else listening to this right now in helping them come to terms with the reality of death?
1: I feel now I've completely let go of any emotional attachments really to death is how that's where I've come to is I don't I'm not attached to it like I was before um to be honest before I never really even thought about it and my mum was in ICU a few years ago and that's been a huge driver for me in starting this business is is she came very close to losing her life and when the doctors were explaining to to my family and I what was going on firstly it was denial this this absolutely can't be happening like what do you mean this isn't this is mom like she's nothing can ever happen to her so it was denial and it was also how unprepared we all were for that moment Hmm. what do we do how do we feel it was so raw and scary and it was like you just in free fall because there is no one talks about death we don't talk about death. We deny death existence. So what I've I've had to do is really think about it, feel into it. And what I've come to realize is that all those attachments that I had, the denial, the fear, I have let them go. So now when I think about death, I kind of just think about it like, I don't know. And it's just a a thought. It's just, I know it's going to happen. I don't know when or where I can't control any of that stuff but all the emotional stuff around it I've let go of mm. and I think that that's the key and so if I can help people who are listening come to that point my advice is to be just lean into it as much as possible every like think about it think about how death feels to you what emotions come up when you when you think about death and if you think about if you're a mum, like, if something was to happen to you rather than retreat like we, like I used to and so many do and go, oh, no, I can't even think about that. It's too painful. Well, what would happen if you just kept going, kept exploring? Why are you thinking about it? What are you thinking about it? Just lean in and keep stepping forward and forward and forward and really just find what your emotional attachments are and what your belief systems are around death. And just keep exploring those and keep questioning, why do I feel like that? Where is that fear coming from? How can I overcome this fear? Is it rational? Can I control this? And just keep asking the questions. And that's what I've done. I've just had to keep leaning into it and asking
0: the questions until they've all just dissolved. Mm, I love this. And it's so much, It's such a summary of just the general journey of self-exploration, isn't it? Just the general um, guidance in dealing with those blocks and limiting beliefs in our lives and those areas that we find sticky and uncomfortable, leaning in and asking the questions and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. not taking everything that you feel instantly as face value and actually going, what is this about and can I break that down? That's really powerful and something that can can apply to everything. Yeah.
1: It's exactly like that. It's how when you when you meditate it's like any other pillar of your life that that you've worked on spiritually. Death, I feel like, is the final frontier. That is the one that, you know, there's been huge wellness movement worldwide. People are thinking about the way they, you know, move, what they eat, the way they think, and, and it's so amazing. And I really feel like death is the last frontier in that. If, if we can change the way that we think about death and we can come to peace with it and then use it to help us live a better life and then when we are touched by it, embrace it lean into it then I do think that it could create a huge shift I think I think it could be a game changer hopefully
0: (laughs) definitely and I know from some of your recent social media posts on your Instagram rite of passage I've seen so many people comment and say "Uh, this is my biggest fear you know I I can't believe you're doing this I'd love to be at the point where you're at in terms of how you feel about death and I I agree, it is a big one and I remember you and I at a friend's funeral for her brother recently and we were both just standing there crying and just feeling this experience but it felt really beautiful at the same time and that's when you told me about this new business that you were starting and I remember just feeling actually very grateful to be in this space and to be as a collective sharing in grief and expressing it openly and I know you, me, and our other friend that was standing there were not shy about feeling what we were feeling. There were tears flowing yeah. and we were quite open about it. But I remember feeling the beauty and, and how grateful I was that this was something that we could do and how incredible it would be if it was even more open. You know, if there was yeah. even more safety in fully expressing and acknowledging all the stages of grief and then being able to safely move through it to the other side. So I think what you're doing is pretty awesome in a nutshell.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I know I do find it quite ironic because it is, Probably. It's like one of the biggest fears. I think death and public speaking or something are the two biggest fears. (laughs) And it's so ironic because as I said, I've always been such a fearful person. Uh, Growing up, I was terrified of, you name it, I was scared of it. And so it's so funny that in my adult life has been well I guess it's not funny really it's it's the way life goes isn't it but um when you're tuned in and and the path I've taken is all about kind of breaking down these fears and and ultimately what I'm what I believe to be
0: my life purpose is about breaking down the biggest fear of all so yeah it's been a wild ride and it's also so funny because you're probably one of the most pro-life positive people that I've ever met so <laughs> but I guess it all, it, all, it all kind of feeds in doesn't it being pro-death equals being pro-life so it does make sense. Exactly, to me. and I think it is. And and the when you kind of think about death, or even a funeral director, or the
1: people that work in the industry, which I've which I've come to realize after meeting so many amazing people in this industry, it's kind of a fallacy. But um, you kind of have that image of the kind of lurch-like man in his daggy <laughs> old musty suit with this kind of you know that's what you think, and I am absolutely the polar opposite of that. But um, I'm learning, as you say, that by leaning into death and confronting
0: this, I've definitely um, even amped up my love of life even more. Beautiful. So this probably it, it, that's probably the answer to my next question. So how do you actually feel that more of us leaning towards death and actually opening up the conversation around death and doing things a little bit differently, which we'll talk about in a second. How do you feel this is actually going to help us as a society and a culture, and why do you think it's so important? Well, I, I think it's important because a funeral largely is for the family
1: and it's to help people, but it's to help those continue living kind of come to terms with their grief as well as on a, a life that was lived in the legacy that remains from them because I believe that you know yes the physical body is not there but the soul lives on and and the stories and the memories and the the music and all the things that are attached to that person's life can still remain um through you know people remembering them and talking about them. But what I think, what I'm trying to achieve with rite of passage funerals and and how I think it can help people is that by creating these really amazing ceremony ritual-based funerals is actually helping people in the grieving process and allowing, as I say, empowering the families to reclaim control of the dying process. So I invite my families to be like involved every step of the way if they want to keep their loved one with them after they've passed I can I've got the you know the tools to be able to do that for a couple of days and and uh, I was working with a Buddhist group in Nashville where I was in North Carolina and they do this a lot and their belief is that um allowing the body to lay in state for a couple of days. Um, you have your final breath, which is when you're pronounced dead obviously, and then a finder breath, which is where your breath goes to kind of into to find the soul, I guess, or find the light. Um and that takes place over about three days. Mm -hmm. So by allowing the body to lay in state, you really allowing the spirit and the soul to find its way. Mm. Whereas if you kind of interfere and you're shuffling around and you're moving in this and that, it, it can interfere in that process. And I'm, I'm not a Buddhist myself, but I, I thought that that was really beautiful Not only from a spiritual perspective, but also it helps the families by being involved if it's too much for them to have them there. I invite them to help create the rituals or the ceremonies, to even help wash their loved one and actually lean into it, confront it, not think, oh my gosh, now that my loved one is gone – they have to be taken away from me. I, I, I can't see them again. I can't confront this. I invite them to really be a part of the process. And from what I've read and from what I've heard from from people working in the industry that the, the group I was working with in America, they say that this can really help with the grieving process because you're able to process what's happened. Mm. It's not like suddenly they're there and now they're not. There's this whole time in between where you can look and you can feel and you can touch and you can see that the physical body is not there. But I mean, the physical body is there, but you know, they've obviously died, but it, it allows you to the time and the space to just sit with it mm. and so i think that if i can start introducing slowly slowly and helping people see that there is a way of doing things and that by leaning into it and not being afraid of it and going as comfortably forward as you can can really help people overcome their grief and um as well as having this memory of it actually being a really really amazing time and, and a, a positive time of course as i said it's sad but Something that they can then use as a lesson, as you know, death is the ultimate teacher. So they can then use this to to move forward.
0: Mm, I love I love the idea of being able to stay connected to that person if you so wish in some way. Because if you do think about it, you know, some people that I know have nursed their mothers through aggressive cancer and been at Mm -hmm. their deathbed the day that they've died, and had Mm -hmm. to be the one that cleaned them up, made the phone call, had somebody come and get them. But I wonder if they had experienced more time to actually witness that the soul had transitioned and to actually be at peace with that transition and now start to see the body as a separate thing and hug and kiss and let go rather than feeling like that body that was just taken away was my mother or my Mm -hmm. father. Being able to create that separation I think is actually quite huge, isn't it? it's massive and that's the thing like if you think about it the
1: the power has been taken away it's just the way that I'm I have great respect for the industry but it's just the way that things have kind of gone mm. so I that works for some people and that that's great I just want to offer an alternative where if people feel like that could be right for them um it's there you know it's absolutely there and I also do living wakes so you know people might want to come to their if they're terminally ill people might want to come to their own funeral you know they might have massive FOMO and so that (laughs) they might want to they might want to organize it and be present and and hear their eulogy and that might be a huge part of healing for them um, and their families as well to be able to tell them face to face like I know that you're are about to die and this is this is your funeral Oh, wow, that's so um, beautiful. So I'm doing. It gave me chills. Yeah, living, living wakes, living lakes, bedside vigils as well. That time leading up to death, um, in the months and weeks and moments, is is so sacred for the family and the community and the friends and the loved ones of, of that, and for the, the person who's who's ill and dying. Um, so I'm going to create like specialized bedside vigils, different rituals and ceremonies that visitors can come and do and practice if they want to be there to support. but they're not sure how and and want to do something meaningful. So there's all these great ways that we can – embrace death and, and lean into it. And, and that's basically what I, I'm facilitating is just giving people the tools they need to um, look at death differently and and be involved as much of the process as they can. Because as you say, someone dies, they then the body gets taken away. Um, they turn up the day of the funeral and there's all this stuff that happens in between, but no one really knows what that is. And they're in the depths of acute grief Um, But that whole time, all that sacred time is in the hands of a stranger. Mm. So I want to give it back to people. I want to give them back that time and have them be there to hold their hand and help them and guide them and and just make the entire process from end of life through to time of death and then onwards um, as sacred as possible.
0: And it sounds like you're going to be doing a lot of work around actually – Uh, helping shift the perception of death in the moment leading up to death or as as that person has died or or beyond for the family and helping them actually start to embrace despite the grief that this is a natural Mm -hmm. part of life and helping bring a little bit more beauty and love back into that
1: absolutely and helping them hopefully i mean when you're in the grips of a cr- grief is so unpredictable and everyone's going to go through that journey in their own way and just allowing them to be there just to sit in those feelings and not feel like they have to run from them just allowing them to be exactly as they are and then hopefully giving them tools and guidance and something that they can take from this death so it's something hopeful and and
0: positive um mm-hmm. so that they can then move forward in their life in in a more meaningful way i have a memory of mm-hmm. a friend passing away um he was 19 and had cancer i was also 19 at the time and he had a good couple of months to plan his own funeral and when we entered this church it, it still stands out to me today as one of the most mind-blowing experiences because his personality and DNA was written all over this he had handmade little tiny embroidered birds and he'd written on each of them flying free and his favorite songs were sung and performed by his siblings who were all musicians and there he'd chosen all the stories that he wanted read out and it was just You could feel him in the space. You could feel he was there and he was part of that process. And despite this 300 strong people crying the entire time, people walked out with smiles on their face. They felt that they'd really honored him and they'd felt that they'd actually supported his crossing over. Like it actually gives me chills when I think about it.
1: Me too. I've I've got chills all Mm. over my body. (laughs) I
0: I really remember it was my first experience of, of a deep respect for death because it was like this 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 young man had made such deep peace with his transition that he actually chose to be part of the process mm-hmm. so that when he when he yeah. died nobody in his family could feel anything but we miss you we love you but fly free you know this is this is yeah. this is you all over off you go it was just so beautiful versus the funerals, oh, that that funerals. I I know it was really special versus the funerals I've been to where I've felt for weeks after the soul of that person stuck for a very long time because, I, I don't know, they've got unfinished business, they don't feel they're able to cross over, the grief that the pet family is feeling is keeping them stuck here. And when I look back at those funerals, it's it's not a surprise because those funerals were so clinical and I don't judge anyone for curating that, but they just felt so in and out, you know, just let's get this done. Yeah. So it's really And a lot of the powerful. time I think it's
1: because, fam- sorry, sorry to interrupt you, I was just going to say on that point, a lot of the time I think it's because families don't understand that there is there are other options, mm. and I think that that's so much of what it comes down to is that, um, especially when it is a sudden death, especially, but it's this sudden thing and, and you don't know where to go or what to do or even what your options are, and um it's, there's no one. There's very few people kind of offering alternatives. It's kind of, you know, it's this is what you get, um, and so to, to seek that out is hard. Um, which is why I kind of want to spread the word and I want people to know that there are absolutely so many more options. I'm going to do the. Um, pre-planning funeral as well and there's you know it's not like you put money in an account or anything like that or any of the insurance it's literally about like what your friend did what is it that you want about your special day and it's all curated and it's it's then left into a um a pdf you know, a beautifully designed PDF that they can then give to their family or keep in their freezer or whatever, but it is. It's that stamping your own DNA on it and I think that's such a gift to give your family because, you know, and and everyone who's there because, as you said, it's so special. It's so special knowing, wow, this is what they created for themselves mm. and it's wonderful. It's a beautiful gift, I think.
0: And I think also it's important that the family doesn't feel like that funeral experience is a chore you know, this, this friend that we were both at her, her family's funeral. I remember asking her and she was like, I just got to grin and bear it and get through it. And I thought to myself Mm. at the time, how sad that this is not a process for you, that this is not something that's going to fully support you to Mm. make peace in some way. But in fact, you're performing, you're getting through this day. And I'd love to see how, what you do changes that for some people and actually makes that process maybe they make a decision to not have a public funeral or whatever it is but whatever process that they choose is something that's going to support them individually and as a family to get what they need at that point as opposed to what does everybody else need and how am I going to perform exactly get through this day and this is kind of the done thing so we have
1: to have a funeral so let's do it but actually no like you can have a memorial service down down the track I mean there's so many different things there's natural burials there's you know and and even my more traditional funerals are going to not be traditional funerals you know I want everyone standing in a circle I want everyone involved not kind of standing you know in front of a chair in lines like a school assembly like Mm. that's not bringing the, the community, that's not bringing everyone together, um, I really want to create a sense of togetherness, this support system that that everybody going through that acute period of grief after losing someone, um, well, I shouldn't say everyone, everyone kind of deals with grief differently, but the majority of people at a funeral, you know, I, I want to create this sense of togetherness and together you can support each other and the power of group energy is Mm. so amazing Mm. so bringing that into a space like a funeral um could be transformational as I say it can really make the make a difference a huge difference and that's what I want to do that's what I want to create in these moments
0: oh yes it just sounds really powerful and just so epic on so many different levels and I'm really I'm really thrilled that this idea landed for you and that you followed it through because we need it. We definitely need it. We need, we need more ritual. We need more openness around this. We need more love and and just more mindfulness and presence within it, which I think is just so important. Considering mm. everybody is born and everybody dies, everybody. I know. As brutal. I agree. Is. I'm so passionate about it. It's
1: it it's it is brutal because it's the it's like hard to. Th- think wow but it's also it's also kind of beautiful you know Mm. like you you're born in that moment of of birth as you about to go through again is so incredible and you're bringing life into this world and then you live a life and even if it's just for a day or if it's a hundred years it's it's your life and it's your moment here and and you know you want to make the most of it and be fulfilled and inspired and and find your purpose and then you go again and it's you back in you back into the kind of cycle it's it's kind of amazing i think it's it's hard for the people left behind obviously the people that continue to live but i do believe that by changing our perception you you can use their legacy to grow and, mm. and it's it, you can actually use death to make you a better person and a stronger person and, a, you know, live a bigger life. Um, rather than focusing on what you've lost, it's what did I gain
0: from the time that they were here? Yes, so true. I mean, I've witnessed people go through complete, oh, the most traumatic experiences, losing loved ones, and witnessed them unfolding out of it like a butterfly. Just the words pouring out of their heart, the experiences, the shifts and changes. It doesn't happen instantly, but you watch it and you just think, wow, your grief has led you to such complete and utter, for want of a better word, or just savoring life, you know, just actually embracing yeah. it. And, you know, that's that's what we're here to do, right? We don't have a, sh- a long time here on earth. We have a very short experience and it's it's pretty mind-blowing to just be able to go... I have the tools and I have a support system to be able to help me embrace through my grief what what this is actually bringing me
1: absolutely and as I said and truly believe is that death is our ultimate teacher so let's let's embrace it let's respect it let's learn from it let's do death better because we can do death so
0: much better oh my god have you hashtag that (laughs) 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 hashtag do death better
1: do death better I really feel like we're letting the team down on the death front so I'm hopefully gonna change that and and help people do death better and and as a
0: society we can all be better off for it totally I mean there's there's enlightened yogis that have walked this earth before that have been able to tune in to their date and the time and the place of their death and it's just fact to them it's just this conversation they have with their people that this is the day that I'm dying, Um, just letting you know I'll be ascending on that day. And so there's this ritual that happens all around it, and their community is prepared for it, and they send them off with love and blessings. And it's like, we are going to miss your human form and your human self, but your soul has decided, and we honor that. And I just hear those kind of stories and just think, oh, wow. Wow. Not all of us have that, obviously, that ability to know when we're going to pass, but some of it happens very suddenly and that's quite traumatic for a lot of people. But for those experiences, I guess, where we, we can know in advance that something is going to happen, that's a beautiful ritual to bring in place. And for the stuff that is really sudden and you know, quite a big shock, to be able to have the support to work through death and come to the beauty of it through, obviously, a business like yours, a rite of passage. That's just really, I'm really grateful for you bringing this out into the world. Thank you very much. And I know that we've probably not intended to, but I apologize to anybody listening if we've offended you by talking about death being beautiful or any of the like. Our intention, obviously, is not to do that, but just to, as you said at the beginning, as bring death out of the shadows and into the light because it's something that we ultimately can't avoid.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and everyone goes on their own journey for death, like everyone's uh, view of it and everyone's experience of it is so different. It's such a deeply personal thing, and it is very, um, you know, it's a a tough button to push, Mm. Um, and so it's – at the core of everything that I say and do is, and you as well, Claire, I'm sure, is compassion. Um, so this is just my experience and, and and my kind of viewpoint on it. And I'm sure that everyone will have a very, there'll be lots of different opinions and viewpoints, but this one's
0: mine that well, I, I'm hoping to share and help people with. I guess the guidance from that then to anyone listening is to go gently. If you've had a really big reaction to this, this chat and you're not feeling it, that's Okay maybe it's not your time to explore death or question your fears or your belief systems around it or even to shine a light at all in that direction and that's okay but if you do feel called to it mm-hmm. follow Yaz. your instagram handle is rite of passage isn't it
1: right of passage funerals r-i-t-e rite of
0: passage funerals Yeah. so stay connected to Yaz. Yes. i will link Yaz and her business and all the bits in the show notes guys stay connected to her because if you check out her work you'll see that she's really bringing a lot of consciousness and beauty and presence and just it just looks different even instantly when you look at her work you just see it's different let alone what's coming out of it so stay connected to it especially if you are a parent and you have the same fear that we all have which is just inevitable the moment that you give birth you also give birth to this incredible fear of Oh shit! Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, i mean going to be doing some workshops actually, um, probably later in the year around helping mums and dads, but I guess uh, whoever parents, um, trying to to break down this this fear and how it can actually, I've learnt maybe tap into even like a deeper well of love and gratitude and made me a better mom and a better wife and a better better woman um, for kind of confronting that rather than pushing it to the dark depths of my brain as, and, you know, classifying the file as too, too sad. <laughs> um, I actually found that it's been a huge help for me. So I'm going to be hosting some workshops um, for mamas out there who
0: might be interested in leaning into this and, you know, sounds like a great idea it It also it also just takes me back to that very sad recent story about that beautiful little albie the young boy in tasmania that Mm. passed away if anybody hasn't heard that story i'm sure if you google it it'll come up but i remember the outpouring of love and community in holding this family up in this ridiculous Mm. traumatic you know god i can't even imagine that experience but what for me came out of that was this insane gratitude and overwhelming love and just I was able to drop all the poor me stories almost instantly not just that day but for many 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 days after that and the drama of oh I'm pregnant and everything is so hard and she's annoying me right now and stop challenging me little toddler all of the stuff that you think is so hard about being a parent vanished and I'm not I know I'm not the only woman that had that experience because all my friends just we just embraced motherhood so deeply at that point because it was like this is transient life can end at any point it does and that's
1: the thing it's like you have those experiences or you read those stories and suddenly it's like oh my gosh that's right you like pushed back into consciousness but you're like this is in a a split second my life could change so let's let's savor it while while we're here and while we're living let's savor it and let's um you know, not do, not dwell on it, have no, I, you know, it's not like I want people to, to dwell on death or think about it all the time. In fact, the more you think about it, the less you even think about it at all because it just becomes like everything else, you know, um, and breaking down those attachments. And, you know, I think that those moments can make you be very grateful for how lucky we are to be here.
0: Yeah. And we are very grateful that you're bringing this beautiful work into the world. So thank you so much for that. Now, before we finish up, I have three very quick questions to ask you. My, my usual questions that I ask everybody that comes onto the wellness project podcast, and you just have to answer them as quickly as possible in whatever comes up first for you. So my first question is, how do you at the moment free your mind?
1: Uh, I've been meditating a lot. I listen to um, Insight Timer. I just have Insight Timer and it's great for those moments. I'm a mum of two young boys um, when I just can't kind of get into it myself. I put on my Insight Timer. There's some great meditations on there, actually some really wild ones. And it just, ah, it's my me time and it it definitely frees my mind and brings me back to
0: peace. It it is a very good app.
1: (laughs) And at the moment, actually, I'm, what am I saying? I should be saying I listen to a mama
0: love as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay.
1: It's okay. And no, I do. Of, I, some I love Some of
0: my it. meditations are on Insight Timer too, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, are they? Oh, yes, even better. <laughs> um, so, how are you at the moment fueling your body?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, we recently moved to the Gold Coast and we inherited a, well, we didn't inherit, we bought, we bought it all on ourselves, a house with a very big garden. And so, I'm actually doing gardening for the first time in my life and it is a massive workout. It's quite crazy, actually, how pulling weeds and pushing barrows and stuff like that can really fuel your body. So, um, I've been And getting into the garden, which also is really nice for the mind and it's quite
0: relaxing doing the gardening. So that's yeah, that's that one. (laughs) Sounding older by the minute, yes. I love it. (laughs) I (laughs) know. No, I love it. It's awesome. So my very final question is, how are you feeding your soul?
1: I think with my work, definitely, Rite of Passage is, is that for me right now, I'm devouring books and podcasts and like diving into the business and creating this idea from literally nothing um, has been absolute soul food for me. It's been great, really good.
0: You know, um, I'm not sure if you know of her, but Peter Kelly, in her book, Earth is Hiring, and I saw her recently at an event, talks a lot about an entity. So an idea, a vision that comes to you and it has a life of its own. And if you say yes Mm. to this entity, it's like taking on the energy of this particular vision and idea. And it's not really yours. It's just that you are the the vehicle for it. And when I think about you and Rite of Passage, it feels very much like that, like you have taken on the magic of this idea and the, you know, the insatiable need to devour and build and grow this business and to share and to open up this industry, it feels very much like it's divinely led. So I'm really happy for you there. That... Oh
1: thank you. I have to agree. I read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, a couple of years ago. Oh yes. Whenever I that, and it was that. And I was like, wow, how would that be? Like I've had heaps of ideas, but I haven't really had that big idea that it just takes over my body until now. And it, I, I don't even know how I've done what I've done. I don't feel like it's so bizarre. Like I know it sounds odd, but it's just – flown out of me like I don't it's been so easy You'd think starting a business in an industry that you know pretty much nothing about would be a <laughs> huge kind of Everest experience um but it's been actually pretty seamless and easy it's taken obviously a lot of work and hours but it's hasn't felt like that and my intention behind it is so pure like it's not financially driven it's none of that it's just I really have this overwhelming sense that this needs to be done and I'm the person to do it so here's my message and hopefully something sticks.
0: Well thank you for bringing the message out there and for following the healing Yaz. <laughs> thank you so much. So to all Excellent. listening my pleasure please make sure you check the show notes uh, you'll be able to find everything that you need that will direct you to Yaz and if you have any questions or concerns or thoughts please just shoot us a dm or an email on any of the social media platforms we'd be more than happy to connect with you and support you thank you so much as it's been an honor to chat with you today so how are you feeling now beautiful one listening to a conversation about death and the idea of leaning into death and creating a more intentional and sacred experience around death I know it's a really big conversation and as Yaz said, it's a very, very deeply personal one. So there's no right or wrong here, but I do hope that we've been able to shine a light on death for you just in a different way and maybe get you thinking and contemplating about death with a little bit more openness and love. Can't wait to hear your thoughts, guys. Sending you so much love and light. Bye.